Welcome to the Unsophisticated Palate, a podcast about all things wine, beer, and spirits. Join us each week on our journey as we drink and delve into different alcohol-related topics. I'm Mark. I'm Lisa. Cheers. Cheers. All right, and we drink. Mm. That is good. That's delicious. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we're back with Lisa. Welcome back. Thank you. Thanks for having me again. Yeah, it's great to have you back. Um, so head brewer out here at Heater, Allen, and I always get this wrong. Is it brewing? Yep. Okay. Heater, Allen Brewing. Yeah. Okay. Because there's <laughs> brewings and breweries. And exactly. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It gets very confusing. Okay. So Heater, Allen Brewing. Did I get that right? Yes. Okay. Now that I thought I said it wrong. Okay. Heater, Allen Brewing. I got that right. And actually, no, it doesn't say that on the beer mug, so we're good. And we are drinking a, a two that I guess you said you just put on tap today. Yeah, we just released these two beers. And so, the Mark, you are drinking the Fest beer, which is... So, if you were go- to go to Oktoberfest in Munich, you would drink uh, what is often referred to as a Wiesen. Um, it's similar to an export lager. Um, and so, that's what this is. It's a take on... Um, the recipe that we did last year for um, an export lager, which actually won a gold medal at the Oregon Beer Awards. Wow. So, yes. That's serious. Um, and then I am drinking the McMinnville Harvest Lager, which uh, we did in collaboration with Visit McMinnville and um, Allegory Brewing. And mm-hmm. it is a German-style pilsner that is hopped with Willamette, um, which we can get into since... Uh, we're talking yeah. hops. <laughs> yes. I didn't want to ruin the surprise. I feel like you should, the guest shouldn't say what we're talking about. No, that's fine. <laughs> Throw it out there. And it's all good. There's there's like no rules here. <laughs> we uh, just wing it. Yeah. <laughs> that's so, that's yeah, that one rule. <laughs> yeah. But um, Willamette hops uh, at one point were the most widely grown hop in Oregon. So um, we thought it was kind of fitting and, and fitting, especially since hops are grown in the Willamette Valley for the most part. So. Yeah. And, and this is harvest season right now, is it? It is, yeah. Um, hop harvest usually starts in mid-August um, for Oregon and, um, and I believe for Washington and Idaho as well, which are the three main states where hops are grown in the U.S. Um, and then all varieties are harvested at different times. Um, so a lot of times harvest goes into um, October, early October. Um, depending on what variety and location. Excellent. The secret's out. We're talking hops, although it's it's kind of in the episode name too. So (laughs) if they haven't figured it out by now, (laughs) Um, then now they have. Yeah. So and and I thought this was kind of important to talk about because, uh, well, I said we all drink beer. A lot of people drink beer. um, Yes. And it's excellent. And a lot of people talk about hops and oh, this is a hoppy beer and oh, it's an IPA or it's a this, it's a that. But I, I know me personally, and in some conversations I've had with people, I think a lot of people I talk to don't fully understand much about hops other than their hops and they're bitter and they go in beer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, um, I think I would agree with you. I think that's what a lot of people, um, just beer drinkers, unless they've you know delved into the subject, don't really know exactly what hops are used for. And so there's there's four, and and just kind of hit on this. Um, there's four key ingredients in beer. I mean, in in a basic beer recipe. Yes, let's yes, just yeah. say because there's yeah. a bajillion other things you can do. <laughs> exactly. Um, and that's an official measurement right there. A bajillion. I'm going with it. Actually, I think it might even be a real number. But anyway, someone will correct me yeah. if I'm wrong. <laughs> um, uh, so it's uh, hops, malts, some sort of malt, which would be a, a usually a grain, etc. We may talk about that a little bit today, yeah. time permitting. 
water and yeast, correct? Yes. Yeah. Usually for most of the time for beer, when you're talking about malt, you're talking about barley, uh, malted barley, uh, wheat and rye are used as well, but, um, and other grains, rice, corn, um, those are considered adjuncts, uh, which I believe we talked about in the lager yes. <laughs> episode as well. Yes. Um, but for the most part, when you're talking malt and beer, you're talking barley. Um, yeah. So wheat and rye aren't as efficient in producing sugars as barley is. And they have a lot of protein in them, which makes them a pain to brew with. So, oh, okay. Well, that so, yeah. explains why barley is the more common <laughs> yeah, then. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. So now this is going to be a, like a very wide ranging question, which does not have any easy answer whatsoever. But if you could boil it down, um, what is what is hops? What are hops? That let's do it that way. What are hops? Because <laughs> I speak English, I yeah. swear. <laughs> um, so so what are hops? And and you know again kind of on that overview high level. Yeah. So um, just in general, from a plants a plant sense, hops are a type of plant. They grow on. I'm horrible with plants, so I do not know any of the technical terms. (laughs) I'm not going to hold you to it. Trust me. Nobody here will. Um, But I do know that they are related to marijuana. Oh, okay. I did not know um, that. And hemp. Uh, But they, uh, so they grow on a vine. And um, when you, the hop flower is what it's called. um, That's where you're going to get the, uh, the flavor and the aroma and all that from those little flowers they kind of look like pine cones and that's what you're so when you're picking hops that's what you want you want those little flowers that are on the vine in a general term hops in beer uh in a lot of ways originally were used as a preservative because a lot of stuff can't grow in this kind of mixture that um hops produce the acidity and all of that yeah and that i I, you know i did a little bit of research coming in here so i'm not you know, completely blind, um, but uh, definitely you're the expert. That kind of surprised me a little bit. A couple of things. First of all, you said it's kind of a vine, kind of a climbing plant. It's mm-hmm. it's not. I guess I always pictured it as a bush or a tree or something, but it's actually a vine mm-hmm. of some sort. And that the hops are flowers because mm-hmm. you know I guess I'd seen them as like little cone looking things, and I think I'd just assume they were seeds of some sort, <laughs> yeah. um, right? And they yeah. kind of look almost seed like. Yeah. Yeah, they kind of do, and it's. what you actually want from the hop what you're you're trying to get at is it's not the plant material itself uh if you pick up a hop you can like pull back the petals or leaves whatever i don't know again the technical term what a hop farmer would call them that thingy Um, that piece yeah (laughs) and you there's like this green kind of dusty looking stuff Mm -hmm. and that's actually what as brewers we want that's so that Depending on the variety, you'll have uh, different acids in that and different flavors and all of that, which is what what you want from the hops and what the hop producers essentially are trying to utilize. So a lot of time this time of year, people are use, doing um, fresh hop beers. And for that, you're using the whole flower. A lot of the time, brewers are using pellets, hop pellets. Um, there are some breweries that do, and especially in English brewing, you use a lot of the whole flower. And it's at that point, it's not fresh. It's been dried, so it will it will last longer. But uh, you're using these little pellets. They kind of look like rabbit food, um, and that's what because that's utilizing all of the kind of stuff that's in 
in the flour and it makes it a lot easier for cleanup and all of that sort yeah. of stuff. Yeah. So. And I saw those in, uh, in a, in, I don't know, somewhere in my, my travels here <laughs> I, I, and they do, they look like something you would feed to a rabbit or I don't know, a gerbil or I don't know, whatever, yeah. whatever yeah. rodent you, you choose. Uh, and that I think kind of surprised me a little bit, but that was, that's like very common. I had always, again, I think I imagine them fresh and or dried somehow whole, but really yeah. they're just kind of extracting that essential parts out of it and then that's what you're brewing with yeah. normally right yes yeah and there's also i mean nowadays there's a bunch of different um products too there's hop extracts and um which is what like a lot of the big breweries will use uh which is essentially like a hop oil oh, okay. um but most uh most craft brewers use the pellets because they're the most efficient way to use there are some breweries sierra nevada is very known for using whole hops um, and like I said, a lot of English breweries will use the the whole hops, and that derives a different flavor from the whole hop than you do from the pellets. Um, it's just a little bit more efficient to use the pellets. <laughs> yeah, no, it makes sense. It makes a lot of sense. You know, when you think about it, again, I just imagine it, it's one of those things where you imagine one thing and then the reality is a little different, exactly, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, totally. Yep. And so uh, you talked about this a little while. Well, we talked about kind of the different forms that come in, and I guess there's... For, again, from my light research here, there's there's generally two kinds. There's a bittering kind and an aroma kind, correct? Yes, so, yes. <laughs> and one's more for flavor, one's for more for smell, or yes, no? Talk yeah, so one's, you have bitter bittering hops, you have aroma hops, and then you have hops that can be used for bittering or aroma. For a bittering hop, you want a hop that's high in alpha acid, and that's the acid that's going to create more bitterness. I mean, all hops have this, so uh, it's just that some hops are really high in it and others are very low. Like, mm -hmm. for example, in our Pilsner, we use Czech saws, and the alpha acid for that is usually around 3%. And if I can look really quick in my little cheating book I have here, you have a hop like Mosaic, which is a very popular IPA hop, and that has a like alpha acid anywhere from around like 12 to around 14. Just that's a ballpark number. That's <laughs> not, but yeah. so like, I mean, but again, mosaic is actually used as an aroma hop. And that's one of those hops that you can get bitterness from it, which I think is why it's popular as an IPA hop. And it also, you know, has a very nice aroma and flavor to it. Yeah. And so the aroma, and so I guess that's it. So the bitterness ones are more going to, to, and again, if I'm getting this right, which I think gets us to a little bit of, <laughs> into what do they actually do? Yes, yeah. <laughs> so the bitterness is, is and, and again, I'll let you talk here in a second, but if I understand this correctly, correct me, <laughs> uh, the bitterness is is um, offsetting the sweetness and that is going to kind of come from the malt because um, that generally is where the sugars and a lot of that comes from. And then the aroma would be more of that, the, the smell and the flavor. Is yes. that right? Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, and... So when you're adding hops, there's multiple times everyone has their, you know, when they add hops and all of that. But when you add the hops to the wort is going, it's going to do different things. If you add early in the boil or like a first wort hopping, which actually we do for all of our beers, that's going to create a the bitterness flavor. And then depending on during the boil, when you add hops, that's going to do things like the flavor and aroma. The later you get in the boil is more towards aroma. And then you can have dry hopping, which that adds flavor and aroma as well. And that's done 
at different breweries at different times, but that's usually you're adding in, in beer. We talk about the hot side and the cold side and the hot side is when you're actually producing the wort. The cold side is after you've moved it into fermenter. And so uh, dry hopping is done on the cold side and most other hopping is done on the hot side. Um, And, uh, and so then also with bitterness, anytime you add hops, are going to add a small amount of bitterness just because that's the nature of hops. They're a bitter product. Um, and same is true with like flavor and aroma. Whenever you add hops, you're going to get a little bit of those flavor aroma elements to mm-hmm. your beer, but it's less, less so. So it's, you know, <laughs> I don't know if I'm making sense. Of it. No, it, so. <laughs> I, it's, it makes perfect sense actually, believe it or not. At least I'm understanding yeah. it. If I, if yeah. I can follow it, <laughs> most people can follow yeah. it. <laughs> so... Um, no, that makes sense. And so we've we've talked about the bittering to balance the 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 malt and the preserve, and that's kind of what you're saying. And and then so the the one goes into the in the heat process. Uh, that's yes. more of the bittering, and then the more of the aroma or flavor kind of goes more into the cold side. Um, yes, so no? you can add on the hot side. So say you're doing, for an example, seventy minute boil, and so you you boil the wort to sanitize it. That's not the right word I'm thinking of, but that's a word I can think of. So I'm going with it. Nah, um, I like it. <laughs> you're making sure essentially everything that could be in there is, you know, you're killing that. In a 70 minute boil, if you add something like towards the beginning of that boil time, that's going to add bitterness. If you add stuff closer to the end of that boil time, that's going to create flavor and aroma. That's going to be more towards flavor and aroma. And that makes sense because a lot of things, they, they kind of cook off, yeah, if you will. Exactly, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then in addition, a lot of people do dry hopping. So we don't, we've done, we've dry hopped a couple of our beers, but we don't hardly ever dry hop. And then there's some breweries that dry hop every single beer they do. So it kind of just depends on what type of beer you're producing. Got it. That makes sense. No, that totally makes sense. And then we talked about that that it is, it kind of helps. I think we've covered this anyway. Some of the pre, uh, the preservatives in there, like you said, they kill off a lot of the, the other stuff that's in there yeah. that help them preserve longer. And and I guess that that was something that was discovered, you know, through the process. They said, hey, when we brew with hops, they last longer. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> right. And yeah. we die less often, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Um, We're, hey, stuff isn't growing in this anymore. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> Which I don't know, it takes some of the fun out. Um, <laughs> perhaps. I don't know. This is a, it's, yeah, it's, it's like kind of a crazy mixed time. Bag. Yeah, right. And it's kind of crazy if you think about living in that time. I know. It, it's just, I don't know how they did it. But, um, you know, I, go technology. I guess, well, right? yeah. And the fact that pretty much it, people drank like beer and wine and alcohol because it wouldn't make them sick, whereas like normal water would. So it's like, was everyone just walking around drunk all the time? Like, yeah, what? <laughs> yeah, right. It's yeah. just like, well, and, and actually, I've got a, a, a fun fact here, and it said that basically in the 1200s or so, it was common allotment, or if you will, was one gallon of ale or beer or whatever per person per day yeah <laughs> so and i'm like that's that's like a lot now i know their alcohol was like a lot yeah. lower but that just still seems like it seems like a lot of beer right <laughs> so actually maybe life wasn't that bad then, yeah, though, right? uh, yeah yeah <laughs> that much beer life gets good yeah now uh, so we talked or we hinted a little bit at how it affects the flavor but it's supposed to have um floral fruity citrusy kind of flavors is yeah so depending on what hop you use you're going to get different flavors Again, using Heater Allen as an example, we use a lot of uh, what are called noble variety hops. 
and these tend to be more like earthy floral flavors. They do have like fruity flavors as well, but they tend to lean more to the floral side. And then you have uh, kind of American hops kind of lean more citrus, I would say. So they're like citrus, fruity, and especially some of the newer hops that have been developed recently, you get some of those tropical flavors. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, that are really interesting and fun that I don't get to use very often. <laughs> well, you never. But know. you know, it's still fun. It's still fun finding uh, breweries that make those beers and getting to try them. So yeah. And then there's also, you know, you can get all sorts of flavors. I think that's another misconception from people that are primarily used to drinking wine and they're like, oh, beer's just beer. And it's like, oh no, there's like all of these fruity flavors as well. Like you can get all these different elements in it. Um, and that's still just using those four basic exactly. ingredients. That's what's so exactly. crazy, right? And that, so, let alone all the other things you could add in. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, hops can definitely uh, add a lot of cool stuff to to your beer, especially if you do it right. So Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. That, that's always key. Um, and there's a ton. I mean, I'm not going to, I don't think any, well, maybe somebody somewhere could, but name all the different or how many, actually someone could probably look up how many different varieties, but there's like a bajillion, again, that's a good number. Yeah, number yeah, day, exactly. Different kinds of hops. So it's yeah. really just kind of going through and identifying like, like you did. These are the ones that work with our, our water, our yeast, our malt to get, produce the best flavor. Right? Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, there is a preference too of like, you know, there'll be certain breweries that you're like, oh, they use a lot of, you know, this hop um, just because they really like it and they use it in a lot of beers. And that kind of becomes one of their flavor profiles. Uh, but yeah, there's a bunch of different kinds of hops and it takes a while to kind of develop a hop style, uh, but Oregon State University in Corvallis, they um, have a brewing and fermentation science program, and they work actually a lot on development of different hops. So you even see at hop fields, um, sometimes you'll get even, they'll come by and bring you samples and stuff like that and just be like, this is a new hop we're developing. What do you think? Do you want to use it? Um, and there's been one hop recently, Lemon Drop, which we actually use in a beer um, that was very lemony and it almost like it tastes like it sounds like it tastes like a lemon drop. It has this like kind of citrusy note and then it's almost like it has this slight sweet finish. Nice. Um, so, yeah. Now, now I just had a curiosity because you've been doing this for uh, a while. Can you like <laughs> smell, taste the, the dry hop again idea what that's going to do to the beer? Or do you actually have to brew to get to what if it's going to work for you or not? Does that make um, sense? Yeah, I think that. Uh, it's kind of a little bit of both. It really helps to, uh, you can, I, I mean, I feel for me personally, and I think this is different for probably every brewer for me personally. Um, if I'm smelling a hop, I can kind of get some elements that I, you know, I kind of have an idea that will, um, show up in a beer and stuff like that and have yeah, have an idea from just smelling it. But I really feel like you don't really know how that hop is going to do in a lot of cases until you actually brew with it. Um, there was a hop that we, we used it for bittering and it smelled really nice. And we were like, we should see if this would work as an aroma hop. And it did not. So, um, like, and it smelled really nice when you like took it out of the package and smelled it, but it just like, it was like, Nope, this is one of those. It's like just bitterness. Like you do not want to use this for aroma. 
And then there's uh, hops that I've been like super skeptical of, including actually the lemon drop hop. And then tried it in a beer, and I was like, actually, this is very nice. So, um, so do you do like some small brews, a lot of tiny brews for that kind of stuff? Nope, or? we just you know go go you full take, bore. Yeah, nice. Okay, <laughs> take, roll the dice. Take a risk, I love know? it. <laughs> <laughs> and so if you ever see it on sale, it's super yeah, discount. Yeah, we're not yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like this single hop. Oh man, no. Yeah. <laughs> Oops. And, and I want to dive a little bit into um, IBUs or International Bitterness Units. Yes. I can say it. I can speak. We haven't even had that much beer. I know. Only, <laughs> only half a beer. All right. Um, but before we do that real quick, are there a lot of, and I don't think there are very many, but are there a lot of like no hop beers out there? Or, or are, I mean, I'm assuming there are. And what does that do to the flavor? Are they dramatically different? or? So there's a beer called a Gruet. And a Gruet is kind of historically what a lot of people believe to be what people used in beer before they discovered hops. So it's usually a lot of herbs and spices and stuff like that. And recently there's been kind of a resurgence in people doing that style of beer. For most beers, there's there's at least a little bit of hops in there. Um, We make a Bavarian style wheat beer. And it is super low in hops. Like we hardly use any hops in that at all. It's mm-hmm. like it's it's <laughs> really makes my job a lot easier. It's just like bloop, like that's that's all. That's <laughs> all done. I'm gonna add. Yeah, I'm done <laughs> yeah. with that. So yeah, a lot of beers, even if they're super low. So like uh, that that's a Bavarian Hefeweizen. Um, a lot of beers that have a lot of like yeast derived flavors often will be low in hops. Um, but most beers do have a little bit of hops, except for like a Gruet. So it's it's basically super rare to find beer without hops. Basically. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Even like you know, pe- even like a sour beer and stuff like that, you use a little bit. You'll use a little bit of hopping in there. It just won't be enough to really detect in a lot of ways. Okay. So. Well, then let's talk IBUs because <laughs> they're kind of like. I don't know about the rage these days. The kids are all doing it. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it, you see it everywhere, and there's a lot of talk around it for the last few years, at least. Um, you know, the higher number is supposed to be more bitter, et cetera, et cetera. But um, I don't know. Can you give us some insight into? Yeah. So IBU, it's kind of like it's it's really hard to measure IBUs appropriately. And one of the reasons is as everyone has a different like bitterness threshold. So something that's like has an IBUs, I'm using quote fingers here, and I <laughs> an IBU of like 26, let's say, is gonna taste completely different to me than it is to you. And then also another thing with that is that it's gonna taste different if it's in, say, a beer like a Hellas, a super light lager, or like a stout. So, you know, I think that's the thing that's hard with IBUs that I I feel like a lot of brewers are kind of going against the IBU measurement these days, just because especially with dry hopping, it's very hard to measure the exact IBU um, and people's perception of it. Um, But yes, typically like the higher, um, the higher the IBU, the more bitterness you're going to get. Um, since the name International Bitterness Units. But again, it's not taking into account perceived bitterness because stouts are often have, you know, quite a bit of hops and quite a bit of bitterness in them. Like, say they'll have an IBU of 40, which is pretty high, but you're not going to perceive as much hops in that beer as you would um, even an IPA that's 
an IBU of 40, which IPA fans are probably like, that's pretty low for an IPA. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I'm a lager brewer, people. Um. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Well, well, and a lot of people do. And, and I've heard, although I think I'm hearing it less, and, and I think yeah. you're right, um, yeah. that people would be like, oh, it's a whatever, it's 100 IPU, and the IB, IPU, IBU, and they yeah. get like super excited about it. But I think, like you, the more I read about it and the more I learned about it is, uh, you know, they're not, they don't always super translate because yeah. it depends on the malt and everything else and how much they're balancing out. And you can have one that's a, you know, a 60 and one that's a 50 and the 50 is going to taste a lot more bitter exactly. than the 60. Yeah. Right? So. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just, it's really hard. It's, it's just a really, really hard to measure. And especially with, I think, the like New England or the hazy, juicy style IPAs that are really popular right now, it's kind of going against the tide of bitterness. So those tend to be a little bit, um, like a little bit sweeter on the finish and less bitter, like a traditional English IPA or West Coast IPA. Take them with a grain of salt. Higher is more bitter, but not always. And if you like bitter, maybe look for higher ones, but otherwise just drink what you like. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Drink what you like. So, (laughs) Um, well, let's take a couple minutes, if you don't mind, and dive a little bit into malt, um, because then, I mean, we've talked to, you know, yeast is a whole nother thing and water is a whole nother thing. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Um, From my understanding, malt is really kind of one of the, I mean, that's kind of your foundation almost. Yes, that is malt is malt is very important. It is definitely the foundation, foundation of a beer. So like I mentioned earlier in the podcast, barley, when in beer, when you're talking malt, you're most frequently talking barley. Barley is very efficient at collecting sugars that are easy to utilize to, you know, create the sugars that yeast want to eat to make alcohol. Yep. Also, like I mentioned earlier, you can also use a lot of people use wheat. You usually don't do a beer that's 100% wheat because it's very has a lot of protein in it. It's not as efficient. You're not going to get as much sugar from the malt. And same with rye. Um, but rye, those are kind I've of the... oats, rice, corn. Yep. It's what yep. I guess is known as cereal grains. Yes, yeah, okay. and cereal grains. And so, like, and now just throwing this out there because <laughs> I know nothing, so you can tell me I'm an idiot. But I, I just look at this in rice. I'm like, who does rice? And I thought, would that be like a lot of the Japanese beers probably? Or um, there are, are they even more barley? There too? are some breweries that do. I'm sure. I actually don't specifically know if I'm sure there's Japanese breweries that use I'm a right. chunk of rice. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> okay, thank you. But I don't know for sure. I, so uh, Budweiser actually uses rice. That's oh, their adjunct okay. that Budweiser uses. So rice is actually hard to extract sugars from so it really is because Budweiser likes that flavor probably would be easier if they used 100% barley honestly that's interesting Um, rice is kind of a pain to brew with because you have to boil it before you can utilize any of the sugars Um, but so anyway I I derailed you a little bit so go all the way back so I'm sorry Uh, barley I is is number one easiest and best so you take your barley How do you make it a, a, a malt? What do you what do you do to malt it or, um, or whatever? Because malt sounds so yummy. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, if we, chocolate malts and right? like whoppers and stuff like that. <laughs> yes. um, yeah. So what you do is you harvest the barley. It's really funny because it's just like you're like you grow the barley with water and then you go to you take you harvest it you soak it in water uh you start to germinate it then you dry it really fast <laughs> okay. and then. And then you toast it, you kiln it, and uh, there's different, there's kind of different levels of of barley. So like a base malt, um, those are usually going to be like your Pilsner malts, a like a pale ale malt. These are just, they're pretty much, 
germinated, dried really fast, and then uh, they're kilned. And then um, you have caramel malts, which are roasted, and oftentimes those help add color and flavor. The reason why you add water and you rehydrate the barley is you're essentially kind of forcing it to start to grow. And then by drying it, you're stopping it. And so what happens is this is easier to, ex- I don't know how well I'm going to be able to explain this. It's mu- usually when I explain this to people, I draw a picture. So, <laughs> okay. so audio is going to be a little tough, but essentially, so if you think of it, you have a barley kernel and when it germinates, there's this like kind of group of sugars that start to grow up along the side because that's essentially going to help this little sprout that's going to start growing that's going to that's going to be its food but what you do so right before the sprout sprouts and some it depends on how the um, maltster is doing it sometimes they do let it sprout a little bit sometimes they stop it before it comes out of the kernel so you stop it so that the brewers can utilize those sugars and then so the process of uh, when you're brewing you actually crack the grains you crack the kernels and that um, exposes the sugar. And then by adding water and stuff like that, you're creating, uh, using the sugars. to Got it. Yeah. And then yeah. the sugars are what you're fermenting. And by the exactly. way, too, I'm a little sad you can't draw the picture, but I'm also <laughs> a little sad people can't see. I mean, you had the hands like know, just know, going. That was awesome. That was amazing. <laughs> um, but, I, but that actually made perfect sense. Okay. And I think you explained it very, very well. Basically, what I found interesting um, is that like the color of the the beer basically is the amount of roasting that you're doing at the end right or, or maybe not roasting i know talk to well, me about that because you're they're all it can be the same from a from a very pale ale all the way to a very dark stout and it's yeah. the same thing you're just you're you, yeah you're using so you're using different malt in brewing we have base malts which um i mentioned that that's like a pale ale malt a pilsner malt those are also a munich malt a vienna malt those are kind of typical base malts. Pilsner that I'm drinking that is very pale, it is uh, pretty much 100% Pilsner malt. We used a tiny bit of a roasted malt. Roasted malts help add color. And um, also some of those base malts I talked about are also going to create a darker color. So if we do a beer called Schwartz, which is like a uh, Bavarian, or not a Bavarian, sorry, a Bohemian dark lager. Um, that we the base malt for that is um, Munich malt, and that just adds more color without adding because you don't. The problem with roasted malts is they will add a bunch of color, but they're most of them aren't that fermentable. So okay. you don't want to do um, a beer with a bunch of roasted malts because then you're not. It's not going to be. You're not going to create a very fermentable wort. So people usually. I mean, it depends on the beer style that you're making. I can't off the top of my head. I'm horrible at remembering numbers, but it's usually most people try to stick within a certain percentage mm-hmm. of of roasted malts, and they try to stay with that. And it's, I mean, you can look up if you look up beer styles. A lot of them will sometimes say like usually around this percentage of roasted malt. So okay, yeah, and that makes yeah. perfect sense. Um, we talked about how the hops come in. How did the barley come in as actually like barley seeds kind of a thing, or or what what form does that kind of come in? Because that I haven't seen the barley. They harvest it. Uh, they would pretty much most other grains. I actually haven't seen 
barley harvested before i've seen wheat for like bread harvested before but it's essentially kind of the same process like you're using a combine to get and what you're trying to get are the little like kernels Mm -hmm. um and so yeah if you look at brewing barley versus just like fresh barley it's going to probably look slightly different and obviously the brewing barley is going to be crunchier because it's been dried and all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's essentially just the little kernels. Take that, the kernel, yeah. they dry them, they ship them, you put them back in the water, re Exactly. Them. Put it back in water again. And yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> keep the, keep the yeah. water going. Lots of, <laughs> lots of water. You've got the malts, which are giving you your sweet. They're providing the sugars that ferment. Um, and they're also creating the CO2 in the beer. Well, so the um, the yeast creates the CO2 the yeast. from fermentation, okay. yes. Then that, yes. forget I said that and go with the yeast. <laughs> <laughs> the yeast does that. Yeah. And then the hops are uh, balancing the sweetness and bringing in additional flavors. Yes. Yep. Okay. And then water and yeast are a whole other conversations for a whole exactly. Time. It's yeah. Okay. A whole other thing. <laughs> awesome. Anything else you want to? Um, oh, and, and fun fact here. Got to throw one of those out just because I have it. The use of uh, hops was first documented in the ninth century. So it's they've been oh, doing wow. it for like a yeah. little while. Yeah, just <laughs> a little while. <laughs> actually, not that that long considering. I mean, beer's been around a whole lot longer than that. Yes. Right? Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay. So any other parting thoughts or anything on that? I don't think so. Okay. Well, then let's let's go ahead and wrap this up. So for a summary of everything we've talked about, if you got ideas for future topics, questions, anything else, you can go to the website, uh, theunsophisticatedpalette.com. Uh, subscribe, tell friends, family, the dog, everybody else, <laughs> you know, anyone, everyone. And until next time, drink responsibly. Yeah, cheers. cheers.